I'm Ray Rogers. And I'm Annie Evans, co-host of today's episode. You're listening to Fix This, a podcast exploring tech ideas and solutions to some of today's largest challenges. Every year, thousands of people are diagnosed with life-threatening blood cancers like leukemia and lymphoma, and they will require a bone marrow transplant. The National Marrow Donor Program, or what's often referred to as NMDP, operates Be The Match, the most diverse marrow registry in the world. They're on a mission to save lives every day with transplants. NMDP advances its mission and research in collaboration with the Center for International Blood and Marrow Transplant Research from the Medical College of Wisconsin. As a 2021 Amazon Web Services Imagine Grant winner, CIBMTR aims to improve transplant patient outcomes and quality of life with its Data Transformation Initiative, or DTI, built on AWS. Timely data is at the core of improving clinical decision-making and ultimately improving patient outcomes. With over 10 million data points created to date and an expectation that this number will increase by another 500,000 data points in 2023, the organization is looking for a way to efficiently scale to meet user needs. By connecting transplant centers and data coordinators to patient data in the cloud, CIBMTR aims to speed the time to matches, reduce human error, and model patient outcomes to make near real-time suggestions with the goal of saving lives. To learn more about how CIBMTR is innovating on AWS, Ray chatted to Dr. Jeffrey Aletta, Senior Vice President of Patient Outcomes and Experience at NMDP, and Chief Scientific Director of CIBMTR be the match. Take a listen. So a patient would require a bone marrow transplant uh, if he or she has a disease that requires a bone marrow transplant for a cure. So roughly there are about 18,000 patients that are diagnosed with a life-threatening blood cancer or other disease which requires a blood stem cell or bone marrow transplant as their best option for a disease control and disease cure. Uh, It just so happens that the vast majority of us will actually require someone else's stem cells as part of that procedure. In other words, uh, you can receive your own stem cells, that's called autologous stem cell transplants, or you can receive someone else's stem cells, and that's called allogeneic transplants. And that's all predicated upon matching address labels on the cells. It's called HLA, which is human leukocyte antigen. And specifically, these are proteins that we match uh, with the donor and the recipient or the bone marrow transplant patient. These donors are actually found through the National Marrow Donor Program, which is the national registry for bone marrow donors. So this is a nonprofit organization out of Minneapolis, Minnesota, that receives funding through the government in order to maintain the national uh, donor registry. And so there are so many different data points that go into this from matching the right donor to the right recipient to making sure that everything is going according to plan. Can you tell us a little bit more about what role data plays? To be able to capture all of those data elements that you just mentioned that I also just explained and capture them into a database so that we can ask direct questions about patient outcomes and we can learn about complications such as graft versus host disease or infection, as well as maximize patient outcomes in terms of survival, what we call graft versus host disease and relapse-free survival. 
which is basically the holy grail of, of stem cell transplant. And so we have a database at the CIBMTR, the Center for International Bone Marrow Transplant Research, that collects all of this data on all of the allogeneic stem cell transplants that are performed here in the United States. And we use that data to actually learn about patients and then also to actually change the outcomes of patients based upon what we learn from the database. And we want to be able to correlate all the different factors that affect a transplant outcome in order to then know the best outcomes for patients and then to kind of go back in terms of that. So in other words, we have kind of a linear relationship that I just described with regards to graft and conditioning regimen and type of disease and then outcomes. But we want to do is actually go backwards in order to change the type of conditioning regimen, to change the type of graft and then to utilize the best conditioning regimen and graft for that particular transplant indication. And that's where data is powerful. It allows us to make that association so that we can literally help patients in the future in order to optimize their outcomes. Can you describe the data transformation initiative? What is the status of it and how did it get connected to AWS and what are you hoping to achieve with it? So currently, the system of the CIBMTR database uses a form-based data entry. So there are forms that what we call the data managers at transplant centers complete on an online portal that gets uploaded into the system. You can imagine, uh, based upon the variables that we just discussed, there's thousands of questions that have to be answered and uh, put into the database. So with regards to DTI, we want to take that system of data entry to the next level. We want to have an automatic extraction from the electronic medical record at transplant centers to decrease the burden of those data managers and coordinators that input that data, but also reduce the error rate. Because as soon as you have parallel paths of entering data, there's always a risk of data entry error. So the DTI initiative allows us to think about data extraction acquisition in a modern way, to literally extract data from transplant centers and have that data be uploaded into our database. What are some of the other benefits that you've seen from moving the database to the cloud? So our goal in the CIBMTR is to one day to be able to complement clinical decision-making at the transplant center through the cloud. In other words, if as a transplant physician, I'm entering data in terms of demographic data for my patient, his or her disease, their age, the type of conditioning regimen, and the cloud eventually will be able to provide a survival probability for my patient based upon those factors that I enter. And so that may necessarily change my mind in terms of what how I treat the patient. Now, we're never going to take the physician away, right? It's never going to be Star Trek where Scotty goes and has his magic wand and tells what the disease diagnosis <laughs> is and what to do. But we believe we can actually complement clinical decision-making at the point of care, at the transplant center, so that we can provide that transplant physician with all the knowledge in the database to help him or her make the best informed decision for their patient. 
with this almost near real-time information, right, to really impact the patient outcome. That's correct. So as you're alluding to, uh, I'm a bone marrow transplant physician as well. And so if I wanted to figure out the best way to treat my patient, I often have to go to uh, PubMed, for example, and do a literature search based upon my patient, their type of disease, and also their comorbidity factors. And that takes time. Uh, and so we all know that physicians have a lot of patients to see, for example, and a lot of complicated patients. So if we can bring data back to the physician, if we can complement his or her clinical decision-making in real time, as you just alluded to, that's really powerful because not only does it spare time for the caregiver, it actually enhances patient care. So now that patient has all of the data from the CIVMTR database that is specific to his or her condition. So we can take all that data, filter it down to what's very specific to the patient, and then be able to complement the clinical decision-making. That's our ultimate goal. Well, this sounds like it will be amazing once it is complete. Can you tell us a little bit more about the status of the DTI? Obviously, the health systems have other IT projects that they want to leverage in order to potentially influence patient outcomes, potentially reduce cost. So we're always up against the ITQ, I think, is a challenge for us. Uh, In addition to that, it's not that easy to extract data from an electronic health record. So I wish we had a a universal healthcare record here in in America. That would help things out tremendously, but we don't. You know, certainly there are the CERNAs, certainly there are the EPICs, um, but each of the electronic medical record is specific to the institution that uses that EMR. So I always give the example of um, if you're interested in a cup of coffee, you know, whether it's just cream and sugar you still have to wait in the line for all the people who are basically making their coffee into you know, two shots of latte, a little bit of cream, you know, some other things. And so what that personalization does is it increases time. Uh, so you actually have to wait in line. So, so if Starbucks had some automated way of doing that, obviously the line would go much, much quicker. And, and that's the analogy to electronic medical records. Um, everybody has their own tweaks to electronic medical records. So that actually causes increase in time in order to extract uh, the variable. And then lastly, it's the personnel. Uh, you, you have to have someone in uh, the IT department uh, at the health system who, who is able to devote enough time uh, to be able to do this project. Obviously, there's HIPAA, there's regulatory Uh, constraints as well. All of these factors um, enter in in terms of making data acquisition uh, one of the most difficult parts of the project. And so at this time, uh, we are have a proof of concept where we are able to extract about a handful of of variables from uh, a handful of transplant centers now. What we obviously want to be able to do is increase the amount of variables to the point that Roughly, it's about 75% of all the data points on the forms net or the forms that are completed online. So roughly, there are 16,000 aggregate questions in those forms. And so you can imagine 75% of 16,000 is a very large number. In addition to that, we want to onboard more transplant centers. 
So right now uh, we have transplant centers who are willing to give this a try to show proof of concept. And that number is around 12, but ultimately we want to increase the amount to actually have as many transplant centers as possible. So well into the couple hundreds in terms of the amount of transplant centers. How do you see the tool really evolving in the future? And what are your ultimate hopes for how it will impact patient lives? As, a, as an academic physician, we, we enroll our patients on protocols because we believe that science changes outcomes. And again, it's the altruism of the patient who is willing to be enrolled on these protocols um, that he or she is willing to take the risk of being on a protocol in order to not only help themselves, but help the next patient with the same um, malady, for example, in terms of leukemia. My point being that I'm also a firm believer that we have to use data in real time. You know, I, 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 the, one, the one thing that drives me absolutely insane about the medical system here in America is we are almost light years behind the business world in terms of how to use data. And this project allows us to actually use data in real time to drive ultimately clinical decision-making that's going to help out the patient. So not only is the patient going to be benefiting you know, society in terms of other patients who have a similar disease by enrolling on trials, but now we are going to be able to help the next patient as well because we're going to be collecting this information, aggregating this information real time, and presenting this information back to the primary clinical decision maker, the physician, and he or she will have this new powerful way of taking care of their patient based upon what we provide back. And I think that is the ultimate way of thinking about data and the ultimate way that we're going to have the ability to use data that's going to create knowledge that's ultimately going to impact patient outcomes. The AWS Imagine Grant is a yearly program designed for nonprofits in the U.S. to pursue technology-driven projects to advance their mission. By providing unrestricted cash grants up to $150,000, AWS promotion credit up to $100,000, and technical guidance, the Imagine Grant program enables 501c organizations to leverage cloud technology to solve the world's most pressing challenges. Check out aws.amazon.com slash imagine-grant to view previous winners' projects and download application instructions today. If you liked today's episode, listen back to episode 57, Advancing Patient Care with Precision Medicine, to hear how Coriel Life Sciences uses the cloud to minimize medication-related mistakes in near real time. And join the conversation on social media with hashtag FixThisByAWS. A huge thank you to our guests, Dr. Aletta, and thank you for tuning in. If you like today's show, please remember to subscribe, rate, review, and share. We'll be here on the next one.